Hello, and welcome back to Vox Popcast, the weekly pseudo-academic roundtable of pop culture analysis with drinking and swearing. My name is Christopher Maverick, but you can call me Mav, and I am once again here with my co-hosts, Hannah and Katya. How's it going, guys? Hi! I don't know what to say. I gotta stop saying I don't know what to say anymore because that's gonna get boring to listen to. I mean, we don't know what to say as a lockdown phenomenon. It feels like we should have things to say by now. I think the problem is week to week, my life is very similar and repetitive yeah. because lockdown. <laughs> There's like some minor fluctuations now that I can like go out into the world and like, you know, all that good stuff. I'm getting a booster soon. Actually, I have a booster appointment. I'm very excited about that. Well, there you go. That's something. Yeah, mostly so, I just asked that question because, like, I'm always terrified that the recording's not working if no one talks for too long. So wait, that's yeah. it. Maybe we'll just, like, start being quieter and quieter for longer and longer and play a weird game of chicken. Please, please, please I, don't. I think, I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. I think we should invent an elaborate series of beeps <laughs> that are a code, and then the first listener to decode it wins something i have nowhere near the effort to devise that so if you no, do I don't either. <laughs> so if a listener wants to create a code and then another listener wants to decode it we'll give you points in a game that doesn't exist that's that remember makes- that one time we had vox podcast bingo oh that's right that's that. thing that we did oh wow i don't remember the rules anymore <laughs> i made i made bingo sheets with our like likely to say on them. Raises, yeah i just yeah. don't I don't remember why we did that, but yes, I do recall that we did do that once. <laughs> why do we do anything that there we was do? Also the Vox podcast drinking game floated, which I don't think we ever actually came with rules for, but, um, you know. I'm, I, I play every episode, so I don't know what, <laughs> what you're oh, talking oh, about. That's just because drinking. Anyway, no. so what so, are we, what, uh, what's, going, what's going on today? What's, uh, I, I, I feel like actually this conversation relates to what's happening today in a very roundabout way. How so? Because... Um, that surprised me. I, I, I mean, oh, yeah, I was say, that was not what I would I was about to say, but sure. Oh, we talked about communication and we talked about games and that reminisce is, about nostalgia in the old days. And that is who true, knows, that is true. And who knows how long that is. And, and now you can talk more about I the see. episode because it's so your pitch. We're talking about the holiday traditions, but not in the sort of conventional way maybe or at least not in the way we've talked about them before so this basically came from as many of our episodes do us being stupid in a group chat and we were like oh holiday traditions we should talk about christmas things or other holiday things and mav said something interesting where he talked about oh i'm writing like writing up my holiday cards no no week. hannah was hannah was I, I, hannah actually was making holiday cards oh, asking that's right. her- and I said, oh, I should do that because I haven't in the last couple of years because I'm lazy. <laughs> well, I, I think the thing that I found interesting is you, I think it was you that said it's a tradition that makes you feel like you're celebrating Christmas like an adult. Yes, it's a grown up thing. It, it is very much an adulting thing to do is to make your um, yearly Christmas card list and, and go through and all thing. the hell and, and decide, oh, I only have one card left and I've got three friends. Who do I you know, like most? You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> and I've never being- done that. <laughs> and being the weird nerds that we are, I was like, huh, holiday cards. That's interesting. I wonder like when that started and like why that started. And of course, so I went to Google and did some Googling. And it turns out sending holiday cards is not actually that old of a practice. For some reason, like I think of that as a very like traditional tradition as like a thing that's been going on forever. And it's not. So I was kind of intrigued by the history, intrigued by like how we perceive traditions, what is traditional, what makes a tradition. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. And we mm-hmm. and, and Mav, we got some we got some friends. 
talk yeah. about it. So then. when you floated this, I, I had the theory that one of the things that makes people follow traditions uh, on holidays, particularly family traditions, like doing holiday cards or even things like having a tree, decorating, putting you know lights on top of a house or whatever crap you do at Christmas, is having kids. And even though there's five hosts of the show now, none of us have any. <laughs> so just like oddly enough, like none of us are parents. So we had to go out and rent some. And luckily, I have some friends who, who are. So welcoming back to the show, my friends, Amy Hummel and Connie Eden, both who've been on before. So, hey, guys, how are you? Hi there. Hey, Matt. So you guys, as far as I know, you have children. I have met them. They, they, <laughs> they do <laughs> exist. So that makes you parents in some nebulous legal sense, correct? Yep. Yes. OK, fair enough. So how do, how do traditions work? Explain it to us. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe as a jumping off point. I could talk a little bit about the holiday card thing and then we could talk about maybe how that might relate to our personal experiences. But I was excited to have both of you on, especially from a parent angle, partially because when I was researching this, I think the reason we think about writing holiday cards as a tradition is because of parents, because it's not actually that old of a tradition. So according to historians of this sort of thing, and by the way, there is somebody who wrote an entire history of the holiday card. That's like the entire book. It's fascinating. But basically... The first Christmas card, as far as we know, was sent in 1843, and that's pretty generally accepted. We think that is actually the first one. Can I add a footnote that's very important to this? Yes, add the very important footnote. 1843 is the year of publication of a very important book, which is written by a very important man who, some say, but not accurately, invented Christmas. I'm talking about A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. So like, Fun, fun fact about them coalescing together. I did not realize until I was also reading up on the history of holiday cards. Anyway, continue. I would, I would, no, I'd be curious to know if there's like an interrelationship between those two things. It would not surprise me to find that out. But anyway, so yeah, so this guy, Sir Henry Cole in 1843 decided like, yeah, holiday cards, let's do that. And according to the Smithsonian, part of the reason for that is because around that time, basically, United Kingdom had massively improved their postal system. That's not to say that the postal system didn't exist before 1843. It did, but it was much more efficient and much more accessible after that point. So basically, it seems to be that the social pressure to send correspondence to a wider circle of friends around the holidays kind of increased, like because it was easier, it was more expected. And turns out Sir Henry Cole knew a lot of people. So doing that was really hard. So basically, holiday cards were like his efficiency solution. It was basically, the original one was a postcard with an image that was created by the artist J.C. Hayden. And all it says on it is like, a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you. And I don't even think he actually put much additional on it other than who it was addressed to and who it was from. And sent out, you know, these to all of his circle of friends and acquaintances. And Basically. that was the beginning of the holiday card. And then it gained popularity through the end of the 19th century and into the 20th century. And then eventually around 1915, Joyce Hall, who is one of the brothers who would found the company Hallmark, which we know today, would create like the common sort of book format or folio format we have now. And Joyce Hall and his brothers, along with the support of mass printing, basically made it so that Christmas cards became widely used by a lot of people through the 1930s to the 1950s. So what basically, this dude got Facebook. This dude just got Facebook or email and was suddenly like, yeah. hey, we better do this. I mean, or the 1843 equivalent. And what I kind of, find kind of interesting about this is like based off of that history, like my my dad, for example, I think has a very similar relationship to cards to what Mav re replied. My dad was born in 1953. 
And he, I think, writes holiday cards partially because, like, this is a traditional thing to do. But it's likely his parents wrote Christmas cards. It's unlikely that his grandparents did. And it's certainly his great-grandparents. It would have been much less likely. So it's not actually that old of a tradition, which I think is just interesting. It's sort of like something... And I think this is true of a lot of holiday traditions. Like, we think of, for example, everyone always had Christmas trees, when in fact that's not the case. Yeah. So it's like, because we grew up with it, we think of it as a tradition. So maybe it's enough that just, like, your parents did this thing. Okay, so then question for the parents. Connie and Amy, do you guys do Christmas cards, and did you do it because of your... So I do Christmas cards in a completely half-assed fashion, which is that whenever I remember to do Christmas cards, I do them, and my parents did do them, and I agree that it does kind of make you feel like an adult, and in (laughs) the years that I'm too lazy or my attention deficit disorder is off the rails, I post on Facebook that in lieu of Christmas cards, I am donating the money I would have spent to like the United Way or Project Night Night or something, and that's my get-out-of-jail-free card because it's charity. So the thing I was going to say when you put us on the spot is that I feel like a lot of traditions are really born in guilt. Like, oh, I have this kid and I have to do this now. So I assuage my guilt by, you know, charity. Which, to be fair, that's exactly why holiday cards exist. Like, basically, this guy was like, I don't want to write long letters. I'm going to send a postcard instead. Well, you know, I can't make it a Facebook post, so. Right. Yeah. Yeah, like funny, funny story. The reason why I do holiday cards now is because last year, and I can't believe it's last year, you might recall that we were all in lockdown and a lot of people didn't want to risk going home and getting their parents sick. So I was like, you know what? We're all depressed. We can both save the U.S. Postal Service and bring holiday cheer by doing personalized Christmas cards with dinosaurs on them because that's fun. And yes, I legitimately found Christmas cards with a dinosaur next to a Christmas tree, and they were very cute. And I yeah, they ordered, were they were they were precious. And I, I, I can't, and I confirm. And I, I also discovered that the U.S. Postal Service still, by the way, sells very nice dinosaur stamps, and so the stamp matched the theme of the card. Yes. <laughs> so I I made Josh, but for our listeners who don't know, my boyfriend. Split the cards with me and we each wrote everyone a personalized thing because also like it's COVID. What else are you doing with your time? And Josh said something I think that gets at like what several of you were talking about. And he said, you know, whenever my family did Christmas cards or newsletters, they just did a photo or like an update about our lives and it was printed out and there was no personalization. And I was like, but but holiday cheer. So there we are. So I did not grow up with my parents doing Christmas cards. We would get some, but we do them now. I can't remember if my husband's family did them growing up and that's why, but I definitely remember that like, it was like after we got married, we're like, we're like real adults now. We need to start doing this, but I completely outsource it to him. He's got the list of the addresses. He buys the cards. He signs my name and his name. And once the girls were old enough that, you know, their handwriting was legible and they would sit and sign, you know, I don't know, 20, 30 of them, they sign their names. So. So you make your kids sign their names, but like not you. (laughs) I don't make them. (laughs) I have nothing to do with these. I think your spouse, your signature and your spouse's signature might be interchangeable in some context. And like from a a legal standpoint. So, you know, I accept that. Sure. Sure. I mean, (laughs) 
I did it because at one point I was just like, I should do Christmas cards. That that would be very grown up. And also at the time I was working as a photographer. So it was just fun to make my own cards. I, I put one on the in the call for comments of where it was like my Santa Claus looking at his naughty and nice list with a picture of me and Steph. And I just did them for a few years as much as an advertisement for, hey, hire me to do photos as anything else. But also eventually it just got to be too much work, like because I have to remember to do a photo in October. You know, like I have to like put my Christmas stuff up in my studio in October so that I can get the cards printed so that I can get them back in November so that I can, you know, write them all out and then mail them out. So they're there by Christmas. It was just a lot of work. And then I was just like, or I could not because it's the 2020s and everyone that I talk to is on social media all the time anyway. So it's not special. It seems weird. It's not like, hey, you know, I haven't talked to you in a while. Here's a card because... I'm on the internet every week doing this. <laughs> you know, it's not special to hear from me. Like I have two podcasts and I post to Twitter and Facebook like daily. So yay, you saw me sign my name on a on a thing that says Merry Christmas. I feel like there's the Christmas letter, which is different than the Christmas card. And the social media has absolutely replaced the Christmas letter because mm -hmm. the Christmas letter and I, my family didn't do this, but I think families that are further flung, my family is all in the area I live in that are kind of further away do a thing where they write a letter and explain everybody's accomplishments and, you know, mm -hmm. the highlights reel of their year. Um, Little Johnny and, made the honor roll. Yeah. Like whatever the specific things that happened. And we never did that because I saw my grandparents like weekly or daily because we just live next to them. But a lot of people that live further away did that. And mm -hmm. like Instagram and Twitter have totally killed that. You do not need to do that because you know what these people are doing because they're putting it on social media. I feel like Christmas cards are a little different, at least in my head. Christmas cards are about reminding somebody that you like them, not telling them <laughs> what you did. Like, I right. like you enough to write your address on this thing. Yeah, I think that's true. And one of the things I was talking about in the blog post is I think it's like sending a holiday card is no longer the most convenient option. So it's like saying, hey, I took my time writing a thing to you and buying a card and going to the post office and buying matching dinosaur stamps mm -hmm. <laughs> to like show you like, hi, I appreciate you as a human. It's like when you carefully select a meme in the group <laughs> chat, to me, I'm sending the same signal of like, I have spent an un unacceptable amount of time selecting this specific meme that I am sending you <laughs> to show my appreciation for your existence. Holiday cards are much the same, especially because I usually try and pick the stupidest ones I can find. If you don't have fun. kids, well, do you not do the photograph cards, except for Mav, who does photographs just sort of generally? But I feel like I, if you have I kids, don't. you kind of, okay, you just do regular cards. I, I am a single person with a cat. People would probably appreciate a photo of my cat more than they would have a photo of me. Like, <laughs> but if they want a photo of me, they could go on Instagram. I think it might be actually cheaper for me to buy multiple cards in bulk from Hallmark than it would be to print out cards and certainly is less effort but i also like the hallmark cards because they're blank inside and i guess i am the outlier here because i wrote people novels last year like <laughs> i was having trouble like signing my name on some of them because i was like here's what i've done here here is like how we discovered this new book it's you know which also it was weird because i also felt like i didn't very much but apparently i had a lot to say hopefully everyone enjoyed reading my terrible handwriting yeah i did oh, oh thank you <laughs> <laughs> well 
So, Connie, you mentioned that you never did the, hey, here's my family newsletter thing. And just like, I know where Connie lives and I know where Connie's mom lives. And it's like, you know, a little bit over there. So like you (laughs) see, (laughs) you see your mom and your dad frequently, like they babysit your kid frequently. So you definitely don't need to update them on everything the kids have done because they talked to them yesterday. or And in fact, yeah. they've likely talked to your children between the time when you mailed the card and when they got it. So like, that's God, not yeah. a useful, that's not a useful thing. And that's how it was for me growing up as well. And Amy, I guess for you and your family, but like when your husband does the cards that he does, does he write stuff mm-hmm. or is it just like, love the Hummels, <laughs> you know? That, or do you even read the cards so you don't know? Question. I can walk downstairs and see what this year's look like. I literally am not involved in the process. I, I do many, many, many other things. This is the one thing that I'm like, have at it. Well, okay. So we'll talk about some of the other things. We'll come back to that in a second because I actually do know how Amy's Christmas decorating works because we talked about that like just between the two of us a couple of days ago. So I will get, we'll, so this will come back, back up later in the episode. But when we're doing the Christmas thing, is it, is it really just a adulting thing? It is nice. Like I think that there is something nice about what Hannah's doing. Like when you say you're writing a, you're writing a personalized note to everybody. But on the other hand, I knew the butt was again, coming. Well, not in a bad way. Like it's purely just a here is a gift where I am giving you my time for no good reason, but to show you I care enough of you to give you my time. Because again, even though Hannah lives in a different state than I do, so it's not like I see you as often as Connie's parents see her and her kids. But I, I literally talk to you every day, like, or text you, you know, like we, we have, we have this group chat that is the hosts of this show and we're pretty active on it. Um, not just planning the show, sometimes just bullshitting. Right. So it's not like Hannah can update me on her life in any substantive way that I don't already know in a card. So it's really just, it's purely just a, you know, I'll have you know, there are things about me you don't know. I'm sure there are, but like, are you going to write them in the card that you wouldn't just text me? Well, you'll, you'll just, you'll have to find out <laughs> when you get the card, won't yeah. you? <laughs> yes, okay, sure. Okay, fine. Fair enough. <laughs> no, but you but I, I, take, I take your point. I take your point. I'm, I'm being ridiculous, but, but, I, but to be fair, my holiday cards are a little ridiculous because most of them included a story about the communist manifesto last year. So like, you know, <laughs> I mean. To be fair, that is a proud tradition, not so much the Communist Manifesto part, but one of the rabbit holes I went down when I was researching this, and there is some evidence of this in the blog post, uh, Victorian Christmas cards were weird. Yes. And very bizarre. Like, there's a picture of one of them that I found that is just a series of four frogs that have fallen over with their feet up in the air because they were ice skating. (laughs) And apparently this is Christmassy. (laughs) I don't know in what way. Like... There was an actual, I found like posts that actually talked about like the idea of having like a Christmassy Christmas card where it's like Christmas trees and like a Santa or like a snowman was not a common thing until the 20th century. So there's a full on 40 to 50 years where Christmas cards were just weird random stuff. So there's a thing you can Google when you're bored. That makes me feel so much better about my current plan. So my oldest is a teenager and he no longer wants to be photographed. And I don't have any cute kid pictures this year, but my dog is like adorable. And I was like, maybe I'll just do a Christmas Wait, card with my dog. Any, you don't have any cute kid. Your, your youngest is five. Six. Are you, six? Okay. <laughs> you just don't think he's cute anymore? Oh, no, 
I think he's cute, but he won't sit still for a picture. He puts his okay. hand up in front of my like my phone camera. Like I'm looking through pictures. Like I don't have good enough pictures for a Christmas card this year. But you know, pictures I really have that are great are this dog. I'm like, maybe okay. I just do a dog card. But if okay. you have, you know, like frozen frogs, I feel like dog is definitely more heartwarming than possibly dead frogs. Yeah. Well, I, they, they, maybe they're dead. I don't know. It's. I mean, I don't. I mean, it's I'm the looking at it. They could so be. Probs. They could be. And actually, there's some other ones that are like kind of dark and like kind of creepy and maybe alluding to mortality. I'm not sure. It's like it's it's. <laughs> I don't know. There's actually uh, one of my favorite YouTubers years ago did like a review of Victorian holiday cards. I think it's Rachel uh, Maskey. If I can find it, I'll put it for the show notes. But did a review of like bizarre holiday cards that she found from the 19th century, and they're real weird. There was one year where I sent zombie Christmas cards, which some people were offended by because you know it's not actually a zombie Jesus, but people were offended. And now I feel like I have an excuse of like, excuse me, I'm just being very traditional because the original holiday cards were weird as hell. How wholesome does a holiday card have to be? And, and I, I wonder if this is a question mostly for Amy, who doesn't send them, but just receives them. Um, but we did a card one year where Stephanie, my wife, uh, was just in a, I don't know what to call it other than the Mrs. Claus dress. I don't know how, how to refer to that outfit as anything else. But the, the feminine version of the Santa dress, you know, that is red velvet and white fur, that exactly what you think of if I say Santa dress. She was wearing that. And then I was wearing all green and she had decorated me with Christmas lights. That was the picture because I thought it was a cute picture to use for our cards one year. And her sister-in-law refused to hang our card. So we went over to their house later and they had all these Christmas cards and we were like, oh, well, did you not get ours? And she was like, well, we thought it was kind of inappropriate. And I'm like, because you think that we actually do bondage with Christmas lights? What the, you know, the joke is that, like, the joke is that I'm the tree. It's not a sexual thing. It's like, it's just like the joke is that I'm a Christmas tree. What's wrong with you? And like, I want, you know, but she was offended by it. And she is absolutely the kind of person who would be offended by zombie Christmas, I'm sure. Right. So do Christmas cards have to be appropriate? Because clearly, if we're going by this dead frog thing, the original Christmas cards weren't really necessarily very Christian-y or family-friendly. Or at least had very so, different ideas about appropriateness. I, I also remembered as we were talking that I've seen float across 19th century Twitter, because that's a thing, over the years, this bizarre holiday card of a turnip man. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, well, I, I have put a link in the show notes for you to peruse of creepy cards that include Turnip Man. But it's this dude, he has a head with a top hat and a monocle, and then he, his body is like a turnip, and he's holding a heart that says a Merry Christmas to you. And anyway, this is like commonly shown across academic Twitter for some reason. And yeah, I'm sorry, I don't have more to say about it, except for years I've just seen this float across my... This is why I don't post on social media, because like, what can be posted beyond Turnip Man Christmas card? <laughs> okay, but Turnip Man is great. This is... Yeah. I just... And is he fighting a bear? No, that's a... Is that a polar bear eating something? I mean, that's a different card. I'm sorry. Just just for listeners, we have we have an image of Turnip Man, which is more disturbing than I was anticipating. I love Turnip Man. And then we also have a frog that has been robbed and stabbed with a Merry Christmas to you underneath. And what appears to be a possibly rabid polar bear about to eat someone. <laughs> like... If I didn't, if, okay, if I was not being sent these 
right now by a Victorianist, I would look at these and be like, this this is not possibly real. This must be some kind of like millennial Photoshop. But apparently not. I mean, Christmas cards are not my area of specialty, but they're real weird. Oh, there's one with like a like a like a Victorian like ladies fan with like lots of cats arrayed around it. Oh, that's that's perfect. I think what I'm learning is actually just millennial culture is actually 19th century holiday cards. I mean, we both I'm learning right now. I think that like the if you go and listen to our previous episode on a Christmas carol and that's history, I think that we have a lot in common and there's a lot that resonates today more and more every single day you think more about things yes hannah's going right. to debtor's prison is what you're saying i feel like any any children that are listening and you probably shouldn't be listening but in case you are i feel like anytime your, your teachers try to convince you at some point in your life if, if, if this is something your teachers ever try to convince you that victorians were boring people and very stoic please show them turnip man <laughs> also like i just just read goblin market okay like read, read christina, read christina turnip man and tell yeah. and tell them I'm, that victorianist twitter said no I'm very lost. I want to ask another question. <laughs> I'm also lost. I'm still reeling from Turnip Man. Okay, so where I, was, where I wanted to go is it's not just Christmas cards. As Katya said, the more we research this, we find out it's not really that old a tradition. It's just it's a thing to save the mail industry. And it really is just something I think that got carried on just because it seemed to be a thing to do. But that's all Christmas tradition. So I want to talk a little bit about tree decorating. And that seems to be... A Christmas tradition that is especially um, really about just doing for the sake of doing it. My mother lives in an apartment building. She lives in a senior citizen's apartment building where everybody who lives there has to be at least 62 years old, I think, maybe 65. I'm not sure. So one of her friends is a 70 something year old Hindu man who lives on the floor below her. And he was very excited to do a Christmas tree this year. And Aww. and I guess his adult son yelled at him. He's like, Dad, you're not a Christian. And he's like, I don't care. I'm doing a tree <laughs> because, because it's the celebration of just kind of doing it. So so clearly this guy didn't grow up doing Christmas trees. It's just feeling included in the festivities of, you know, it's a kind of a fun thing to get a tree and, you know, hang some stuff on it. And I... I do one. I have no children. It's just like my wife and I, but we like doing it because it makes us feel Christmassy. Not necessarily grown up, it just makes us feel Christmassy. But Amy, you had the best story because you were like, oh, well, my portion of the tree. Explain <laughs> this to me. You have a, a portion of the tree that belongs to you. Yes. Yeah. And, okay. and to tie this to traditions, my tree has ended up being this way because this is the way my mom decreed that our tree would be done when I was growing up. Right. I have I have one sister. And so probably because at some point there were problems, my mom divided the tree into thirds. And my younger sister had the bottom third. That's where she could put her ornaments. I could put mine in the middle. And my mom did the top. And then she also kind of filled in with, with other ones. She had inherited like her grandmother's nice glass ball ornaments and stuff like that so she'd kind of intersperse those on the tree so were there okay. like turf battles over like the choice parts of the tree no 
there were not. The tree does go in the corner of the room. Mm. So you mm. just had to, you know, you put the ugly ones on the back. You couldn't put it all in the front or it'd fall over. Mm-hmm. Right. But there, there weren't problems. You know, sometimes there probably <laughs> were like, you're taking up too much. You're, you're coming into my territory. But I don't remember any like knockdown drag out fights. So we also both, my sister and I had a lot of ornaments. My mom got us ornaments every year and continues to do so and always either like personalized things things with our name or or something special or something that that had to do with that year and both my sister and I have continued to do that so like we go on vacation you know something happens like we we get that ornament and so she and I both have these huge collections but then I had kids and kids have ornaments. And so I ended up doing the same thing. So the top of the, the top of the tree is mine because now I'm the mom. And Sophie's got the middle. You guys all know Sophie because she's been on the show before. And my younger one, mm-hmm. Kate, has the bottom. And they begged me, begged us to drag the tree out the day after Thanksgiving because my, my holidays do have to be very orderly. Like the tree cannot come out before the turkey has been cooked and eaten. <laughs> so they're like, hey, day after Thanksgiving, take it out. We bring it out, put it up. I put my ornaments on and it sat for a whole week, naked two thirds, because they couldn't be bothered to put their stuff on the tree. But they finally have now. <laughs> the tree looks much less, much less bare. But as I said, Mav, it's always, you know, every year I'm going through these ornaments and I, I remember the things. I remember, you know, this trip, this this thing. This one was from my mom. This one was from my grandmother, and it's 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 a fun thing that I that I always love doing. So there's so there's a couple of things I took from this. First off, I want to point out that Amy has a husband who was not mentioned in this division of thirds. Cards. <laughs> he doesn't have time for a tree. That's uh, that's what I'm gathering. <laughs> he has cards to do. Yes. <laughs> How did you phrase it when you told me you're like he gets to fill stuff in? Yeah, he he has like I don't know like ten or twelve ornaments. Like it's not as big a thing for him. So yeah, he he's doing that kind of filling filling things in. Okay. And so, they're very obvious. It nobody is going to confuse his ornaments for theirs when they're taking them off the tree and putting them away. So. Mm-hmm. Are there so, like separate boxes of like you can't mingle, co-mingle the ornaments? That's what I found fascinating because you very much phrase it in when you were talking to me as you did just now, which is you're like, there are the Amy ornaments, there are the Kate ornaments, there are the Sophie ornaments. And as though, you know, like territory belonging to France versus Germany, right? <laughs> okay, <laughs> like this, is, this is totally normal, though. Like this is, is like it? a normal thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, is this like, a normal like, thing? Because okay. I just have a, I mean, a box. We, okay, so like we don't we don't split up our tree, but my, like I, my parents are finally delivering my childhood box of ornaments when they come up for Christmas this year. My sister had a box of ornaments. Like they would they would buy us like Hallmark um, ornaments based on like our interests. So perhaps in surprising no one, I have okay. like. A Han Solo well, ornament, and my father like. Loves you just said interesting, so you don't have this. So th- I was because I was so, wondering, is this like a white I mean, thing or no? This is just. No, I don't have this, and I'm white. This is new okay. to me. No, I don't either. So we have something like there are a few ornaments that I know that like I purchased, but they're commingled with everything else. We yeah. did have an interesting. There, there, we do have something similar though, because and this actually is a seminal year for this tradition, which I think is interesting. So I'm from Oregon. My parents have a home on the coast that's like a few blocks from like a Christmas store that's at least locally somewhat well known. 
it is a store entirely of Christmas ornaments and other, in my family, we refer to it as good garbage. That's a different story. But the reason this is important is that there's an artist that makes these really beautiful brass ornaments. And there's a new one every year, specifically of the Oregon coast. We have been collecting these for at least as long as I've been in Oregon, possibly longer, because my mom lived in Oregon before my family moved up here, before my brother and I were born. So we have at least 30 years of these ornaments. And my grandmother does too, because basically my grandmother gets one every year and then my mom gets one every year. So we can now decorate an entire tree with just these. And my brother and I are getting to the age, and more importantly, my parents are are getting to the age where occasionally discussions will come up of, who gets what eventually. Mm-hmm. And that has come up the last couple of years of like, who gets what ornaments. And I'm like, this is interesting. And not that my parents are anywhere near at the age where like, that's a serious discussion, but it does come up, which is like an interesting adult Christmas thing. And this year it also came up with, we have some like traditional Polish Christmas decorations, some of which are quite old in our family and they can't be replaced ever. And you can't buy duplicates of them. Right. And Mm -hmm. it's like, what household will get my parents' fake Christmas ornaments when eventually we have to have that conversation? And I'm like, that's interesting. I have no, I have nothing like this. Like ornaments for me come from Target or Kmart before that or Walmart or, you know, wherever crap comes from. And when they break (laughs) it, they break (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <they're>, <laughs> <laughs> I, I find this fascinating. I, I think that like the cheapest ornaments we have are like Josh and I moved up to Durham. They didn't take any of my ornaments because that was still a time when I was like, I'll go down to Ocean Springs and we'll celebrate together as a family and all the ornaments will be united. Because like they were originally stored together before, but we all kn- knew who had what. Although Mary and I did have, my sister and I did have like a bit of an argument over whose ornament was Winnie the Pooh. It was mine. It's been there since before she was born, obviously. That's fired. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh is tied to a true Christmas miracle in my life. So you cannot take that away from me. But w- what, Matt? <laughs> I just, I just, it's just that Mary listens to the show. So like she's fuming right now and she can't do anything <laughs> it's it's 50 50 she might be in disney world so and does not and does not notice nor care but josh and i got like a small tree like just slightly taller than the cat small and then we realized we had no ornaments so we bought these cheap little plastic ornaments with our names on them and a clip on poinsettia to like be like the star on the tree And we've now upgraded to a tree that is actually, in all honesty, too big for our living room. And now we have some ornaments that we've bought together. But to be honest, I think like one whole ornament is technically his and the rest are mine. And he's about to get very outnumbered because I think I have like 30 ornaments because my mother like bought a lot. Are people, are, are you, are you team fake tree or team real tree? Real tree. 100%. I am we have a fake tree. tree. Yeah, fake tree. You you, you live tree. somewhere without trees. <laughs> you grew up somewhere without trees. How how are you team real tree? I, I find this fascinating. You grew up in Me? Mississippi. Oh, oh Hannah. Just, you, no, grew Hannah grew up in Mississippi and then moved to, um, Miss, to Mississippi North Carolina. Mississippi is nothing but trees. What are you talking about? I mean, I mean, really not Christmas tree farms. Yeah, but. no, yeah, no, that, yeah. That's what I mean. I mean Christmas trees. Like you, you, you just you grew up with like real Christmas trees. I mean, like yeah, like the the like you know the, maybe not Mississippi. And I'm not a Christmas tree expert. So like, please, if you're from Mississippi and you know Christmas tree farm, don't write to me and yell at me. <laughs> but like, like the South in general, like has a lot of Christmas tree farms. Yeah. I've driven by like loads. Like, I mean, admittedly, like the ones I've I, I've seen like are further north, but like. 
Yeah, like we've never had a fake tree. The only fake tree I've ever had is I bought a fake tree for my newspaper office in college because we needed some holiday cheer and I wanted it to be like a tradition tradition if people wanted to later after I was gone. So I donated the tree to the office so it could be nice. But otherwise, real tree. And then the mm. cats sit underneath it and they get a little taste of the outside and it's fine. And then there's needles all over the place and it's a pain in the ass to clean but up. But they smell good. They, they do smell good. You and, can just and you you can have... buy that smell in a can. But, no. But, no, you can't. Also, you get to have the very important fight about what variety and shape of tree. Mm-hmm. Like this year, I, I was working on the day that my family went and got their Christmas tree and I didn't, I'm not buying one for my apartment because I'm spending Christmas day at my parents' house. But this year, the dog picked the tree, much apparently to my brother's dismay, because he found one that was basically almost perfectly spherical and really wanted it. But the dog said no. Can you say more about how the dog says no? I assume it crapped on it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was not present for this. What, what was told to me is they decided they let the dog pick because my parents are basically fostering a very old dog. He doesn't have that many Christmases left. So they decided to oh. let the dog pick the tree. And so what that meant was whichever one he sniffed the most aggressively and basically stuck his face in and wouldn't take it out. So I assume that there is an exciting smell about this tree. Once we put it in the house and put decorations on it, he was not very impressed, but he's also very old and it's just like, excuse me, give me snacks and a nap. So so white people are very weird. All of you. (laughs) Yes. Was that not obvious? That's not news. (laughs) <laughs> yeah I mean, I'm like that's yes we do this show every week that's <laughs> gonna say math you talk to us on the reg i uh, yeah. feel like this should be relatively I, apparent uh, i have a thing in my in my basement that i'll drag up like later tonight probably and just I, <laughs> put it together it's fine <laughs> i do have a parent question go for it so i want to ask the parents mainly because i find this interesting it's like do you do santa with your kids And do you try to maintain the illusion? I mainly ask also because I want to Um, tell the story of how I found like um, Santa is real. What are you talking about? (laughs) Okay, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna respond to that. But mainly because when I was an adult, I found out the extent to which my mom made an effort to maintain the illusion of Santa. So like I found out probably when I was in my like mid twenties that my mom invented an entire style of handwriting that was only to be used for Santa communications. There were secret pens, there was secret ink, there was secret wrapping paper and labels that she hid somewhere in the house that I still have no idea where she hid it. And I have like searched for it because the, and the only reason I know this exists is because I was wrapping presents as an adult and she, I was like, oh, we're out of labels. And she's like, oh no, we're not. She goes off into the house, comes back 20 minutes later, with the secret stash and I find out with like calligraphy pens and all the other stuff I'm like wait a second my childhood lives in a box in a secret stash that we still don't know where it was stashed <laughs> that's a lot I, I'm impressed <laughs> I don't so, know what you're talking about <laughs> I I did a little bit of that so my my girls are much older now so we are we are well past Santa yes. at this point you have college um, age children yes so. <laughs> but it does not mean you're really past it depending you have on college age children who are not Hannah yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes when they were when they were smaller I did have I did the different wrapping paper different labels I would try to like some years I would like do it left-handed 
I write right-handed normally. I would do it left-handed. I think one year I asked like one of my coworkers to do it, like when they were a little bit older that they like might actually notice the different handwriting on it. But yeah, I I felt that like everything (laughs) under the tree being all wrapped with the same wrapping paper and also the Santa stuff in the same wrapping paper. Like I did think that they would like maybe notice that. Shouldn't you just celebrate the fact that you have intelligent children? <laughs> Wouldn't that be better? <laughs> I mean, wait, wait. So I have, I have a question. Did, did everyone Santa wrap their presents? Yes. Did your Santa not? No. What was, magical, which was magical about, and I'm joking, like, I know, but also, like, let's keep the magic alive, you guys. You can know, <laughs> and you can still still believe, you know. Okay, but, okay, look, here's the thing. Here, Here's the story. When I was four ish my best friend in the whole wide world was a stuffed winnie the pooh and we went on a family trip and he got lost and i was devastated and then magically on christmas day i woke up and guess who was under the tree yeah you told the story for, yeah. yeah yeah but but you know it's a, yeah. it's a good story worth having no, forever. It's for, yeah no it's good i, I just you know uh, but so here's but, my question because you have a sister Yes. so like well, oh, I guess we're 100 percent on the santa well we've been 100 percent on the santa train right but my problem was just like if santa doesn't wrap his presents how do you know whose is whose because there's a mary's side and a hannah's side and we're four years apart and it's very obvious whose is what because we have okay. different interests like like they're they're like our stockings would sort of be the dividing line and it would be unwrapped and so what we do is we'd wake up at like five in the morning four in the morning you know as one does when they are a child or you know 30 either way and they would and we would sneak up um and look under the tree and like look and see what santa had brought and get super pumped and try and convince our parents it was time and then they'd probably be like no it's 4 a.m and then we go back to bed and then it'd be six and then he'd finally be like all right and then we would you know play with the santa stuff and then unwrap the presents um and actually with santa got us better stuff most years until like my parents bought me a VO iPod and then suddenly that was wrapped because they wanted the credit for that. Right. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Fair. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So, okay. It was just by placement. You know, there's the yeah. left side of the tree is, is Mary and the right side is Hannah or something. Okay. That, that, I guess that's because I was just thinking if you don't, if Santa doesn't wrap your presents, you know, because there were three of us for me and my brothers and Santa definitely represents. But see, maybe your parents were just like eco-friendly Christmas visionaries. Hannah's parents or Hannah's yes, Santa. Not, not, not your parents. <laughs> Hannah, Hannah's parents with the not wrapping. I mean, your parents may have been in other ways. I don't know. Yeah. Well, so, so Amy, you said you, you've done separate wrapping paper, but yes. not as not quite as much effort. It sounds like some effort, but not. Yeah. <laughs> Connie, what about you? Enough to fool some elementary school age kids. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Until until they listen to this podcast and their hearts are shattered. Oh, <laughs> we sort of intentionally did the opposite of all of this with our children. We never told them about Santa Claus at all, but our parents did. And so they grew up hearing about Santa Claus from our parents. And we never really confirmed or denied the existence of Santa Claus. But we did really a miserable job of like keeping the magic alive. They're just toys and they're wrapped and then you get them. And so you can decide whether they're from Santa or from whoever. But we also told our children that for Easter, the Easter squirrel came and brought them stuff. So we're just messing with them enough that they can like <laughs> figure out that it's not legit. There was a squirrel, not a bunny? Yeah, Easter squirrel. Okay. No, you know, in hindsight, I really should have picked up on like Santa not being a thing sooner because my parents were just like, no, the Easter bunny is stupid. Here's a basket. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, so when you got your basket, did you just get it or did you have to find it? Because my parents hid my Easter basket and apparently other people just hide eggs. I think it depended on the year. I I think my family was like a combination. Like there was a basket of like a couple things, but then you had to go find the eggs. Every year I hide the basket in the downstairs shower and every year neither child finds them. And last year the one kid was 14. I'm like, come on, man. Like it's in the shower every year. (laughs) No, we, our baskets were never hidden and we didn't, we didn't hide them either. Yeah. Mine was never hidden. Uh, Ours were just on the table, like in the, in in the place where they were the night before. Cause it's not like there was a special new basket every year. Like we just had the Easter baskets that we used and the bunny fills it up. With candy and, and eggs, you know. You put the basket which, out for the bunny to fill. That's interesting. Um, well, <laughs> we put the basket out. So in my family, we dyed eggs ourselves. That was like a group project, right? So yeah. there's a family dying mm-hmm. of eggs. So like the the bunny just puts more crap in the basket. Like the basket had to be there because you got to put, like once you've dyed your somewhere. Easter eggs, you got to put them somewhere. So you put them in the basket and then you wake up in the morning and then there's candy in the basket with the eggs and stuff. So we definitely dye the Easter eggs together, and that's another reason mm-hmm. why they totally can tell that this Easter squirrel situation is fake, because they just dyed those eggs three days ago. Right, right. They know that they're not real. <laughs> In my family, when I was little, when I was growing up, our Easter mm. tradition was that we would dye eggs, and we got this dye they don't make anymore, and we would put all of the dye in the bowl and try to make them as black as possible while listening to Jesus Christ Superstar. And so every oh, year... I listen to Jesus Christ Superstar and my whole family hates it, but they like play along um, and try to make the eggs as ridiculous as we can. That's amazing. Yes. I love it. I do have a question. I feel like we spent some time talking about what our families have done and what we've done because of our families or like what's carried on. But I wonder, we're all adults. I mean, like, we're adults in the sense that we legally, we're legally legally adults. We can be tried as such, yes. Yes. And and also, like, I feel like I'm more of a child in some ways because now I have the freedom to buy my own glitter converse, which I it translates to my question of, you know, like, there are things maybe your your families didn't do when you were kids or things they did do that you weren't a huge fan of is there like stuff you've ditched or changed because you can i feel like this is interesting because i think my family has done this collectively actually my immediate family we typically don't travel to our extended family for christmas just because we're the only family that lives in the state and we'd have to travel to another state to do it and it's inconvenient and we've always found it's not like a great time to spend quality time with our extended family just because there's always so much going on around the holidays and in some ways it's like better to visit any other time of year if we're gonna do that and maybe part of it is like we're my brother and i are both you know been adults for more than a decade at this point that i feel like our christmases are way more pared down of like we don't do the holiday dinners with like seven days of leftovers anymore we just make stuff that we like we watch movies that may or may not be holiday movies just whatever we feel like watching and sit around and drink wine and beer and basically every holiday is all and around much more chill and there's more pot involved. And I think part of it is because my parents, as I've mentioned, my mom in particular, when we were kids, a lot of effort went into the holidays. I think because like maybe like a mixture of obligation and I think also because my parents did get a kick out of it. But now that we're adults, it's just sort of like, you know, we, we go around, we look at lights, we do like zoo lights. We have our, our the Oregon Zoo does does really great light displays. But yeah, we just kind of like, we don't do as many things anymore. I'm also interested in when people had their first like Christmas not with their parents. It hasn't happened because I to feel me. like that is a loaded decision <laughs> as an adult is like your first Christmas not like at home, whatever that means to you. Yeah, that might 
differ because I my mm. parents were split. So when I was yeah. seven, like because my parents were divorced, so the first Christmas with my dad and not my mom, I was seven years old. And then it was just sort of arbitrarily, I was in one place or the other, you know, until I went away to college. And then I went home the first year. And then my mother moved across country at the end of my freshman year. So my mom moved to another state. So there was no going home for me, no, no going home in the way that you mean. So for right. me, the Christmas home place was always my grandparents' house, right? Just growing up as a kid, we would go to grandma's house later in the day. So even after my mom moved to Vegas, my grandparents still lived in Ohio. So going home to me was going to my grandparents' house. I and mean, I'd spend you know the week with them. But eventually they got old. My grandfather died. Later, my grandmother died. And I I would be dating somebody or something and go. So so it was it was an organic thing. Like, I don't know what the very first one as an adult, I didn't actually bother to go home at all was. I, I honestly don't remember. But I wonder if that I wonder if that changes if you've got all, you know, all, all of you have two parents who are still married, I believe. Correct. I do yeah yes yeah yeah see so i didn't like my parents split up um when i was an infant so i've got no actual memory of that whatsoever so yeah but i'm curious for you guys well i didn't spend a christmas without my family until last year when we didn't want to risk getting them sick with covid because of how far it was to travel like it's always worked out since josh and i've been together like it's been better for his side of the family to do christmas not on christmas day Mm -hmm. We've been able to like make the schedules work. And so we've always done Christmas with my family. And that's, and actually because like of how it's like worked out, that's we've had, we've been fortunate that Mary and Charlie have been with us as well. So things so, have yeah. changed certainly, but like, so basically, yeah, but it, but this like, is the first time or second time. Cause like last year would have been the first time that you didn't see them at all then. Well, but like assuming things are okay and like they can still come up, they are planning, like we've never done Christmas in North Carolina together. They they and Mary and Charlie are planning on coming up this year yeah. because of personal life things that prevent us from being able to travel long distances. So, but, but yeah, so we're, so Josh and I are in charge of the holiday now, which means there will be no turkey. <laughs> <laughs> Only geese. Well, actually, apparently like it's really hard to find geese right now. So duck it is. We made a really good duck last holiday season, and it's the best duck I've ever had, which is weird because I cooked it or at least helped cook it. So we're going to do that. Amy, like when's the first time you were not home, I guess? Uh, I couldn't even specifically remember at this point. So my sister and I are five years apart. So when she graduated from high school, I was just already out of college and kind of off on my own. My parents moved across the country. And so before we had the girls, I think we would go down there, but we might've missed a year just because trying to mm -hmm. deal with flights that time of year is crazy. When the girls were little, my parents did come up, but I have not, well, even not even COVID, I have not seen my parents in person at Christmas for at least a decade until seven years ago. We lived near my husband's family. And so we always got together with, with them every year and we're trying to we're trying to host this year mm -hmm. 
Yeah, like that's like me. My wife's family lives 15 minutes from here. But like that's not a cr- I mean, we'll see my mother-in-law, but yeah. we also saw her, you know, Tuesday. So so, you know, whatever, right? <laughs> right? You know, it's not yeah. it's not the same not the same whereas I'm in Pittsburgh, my mother's in San Diego. So it's, you know, a couple thousand miles. It's not, yeah. not going to happen. Connie. Well, I get and and I know the answer for Connie, but you know, for the listeners. I have spent Either Christmas Eve and or Christmas Day with my parents since birth. There has not yet been a Christmas that I have not spent in either Christmas Eve or Christmas Day with my mom and dad. And I am not looking forward to the year when that happens. But again, and similar to with my wife, um, like I know where I know where I've been to Connie's parents' house. I've been to Connie's house. And are we five minutes? Yeah, it's like five <laughs> minutes. I mean, I've walked to their house. Like, yeah, you can, it's, it's not like far. a mile. Like I see them five days a week, if not more. That's different. <laughs> well, and I used to feel like, gosh, we see them all the time. We should do more Christmas stuff with husband's family or other people. But recently I've just started thinking, gosh, we see them all the time and they do so much for our kids. It's kind of a jerk move to tell them they can't, we can't see them on Christmas. So like, it's the same. I still see them, but my position on it has changed from like putting them in to prioritizing them because they're the ones that are here doing stuff with us. Mm-hmm. And Katya, you said yours. Mine college, was COVID, which was also the first Christmas by myself. Was it the first one? Could you, so you went, you went home even because you know you did college and grad school on opposite coasts from your parents. Yeah, so I would go home for Christmas. I didn't go home for Thanksgiving. So this this year was actually the first Thanksgiving I've been with family since I was eighteen. But no, last year, but basically like guaranteed Christmas, like the Christmas holiday was basically when I went home to visit my family. Okay. I, like, and sometimes that was the only time of the year I would go home and visit because yeah, going coast to coast is expensive. But yeah, last year was my first year without my family. And it was also, I was, I was like completely by myself on Christmas because I, I, I knew a few coworkers. Right. Oh, that's right. Cause you just moved. Okay. So you had, yeah, I had you... just moved to a place, which like pro tip, don't move to a place where you don't know anybody during a lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> pro tip. And I had like coworkers that I spent time with and things like that. But like, yeah, it was, it was an interesting experience of like, we actually did. And I think we talked about in the show last year as we did like, Hella Christmas, mm-hmm. where we had like Skype set up on my TV, and like we used some, we did something with with PlayStation networks, and like did some stuff where like mm-hmm. we like opened Chris like we opened presents together and stuff like that, like virtually. And it was it, yeah, it was interesting. It wasn't a bad Christmas. It was a weird one, but I think like last year was the year of weird Christmases for mm-hmm. most people. Yeah. And that's why I, it's interesting to me because again, when I was nineteen, my mother moved from my hometown. So I went to college in Pittsburgh and I've lived here ever since. For the listener, Pittsburgh to Cleveland's 150 miles. I can drive it. I've done it many, many times. But my mother moved from originally from Cleveland to Las Vegas and then later to Mississippi and then from Mississippi to San Diego. So basically since my sophomore year of college, you know, going home for Christmas is something I've done like twice, right? Yeah. It, it's not, yeah. it's not a standard thing. So, so the thing that you're talking about, which was the weird thing of, oh, well, we do a, we do a Skype call. That's just how Christmas works for me. And it has been for decades. <laughs> like that's well, how you. And it's like, and I think that was one of the things. And it's one of the reasons why, like, I think it was tacky of people. Like, I mean, it wasn't necessarily fun for those of us who are used to doing that. Right. But like used to traveling. But like there were a lot of people that were like, this is the worst. And how could people live like that? And I was like, flying yep. cross country is very expensive. Right. Some years it cost mm-hmm. me $600. That's a lot of money. The only reason I could afford it was because my parents paid for the ticket. Right. If they didn't, I didn't go home. So like that's 
that's a lot right and, and so, so yeah, the so, idea that people that because pe- people i saw that like that that discourse happening on social media last year of people being like basically i think it was also tended to be like the kind of anti-masker anti-vaxxer people being like why can't i go home blah 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 and it's like this is normal for a lot of people like mm-hmm. things happen like you can't right. always travel because traveling is not easy it's also not accessible depending on like what you got going on in life well, and my family, so, and and by family, I mean, I mean, so my mother lives in San Diego, my brothers, one's in South Carolina, the other is in Mississippi, and that's just my mom's family. If you take my dad's family, my dad lives in Houston, and my sister lives in DC. So like, there is no seeing all of family. That's just not a thing yeah. that is yeah. realistically possible for me, just just distance wise. <laughs> so like, so, so like, you know, like Skype and zoom and FaceTime, like, that's just, that's just how family, that's how Christmas has worked for me my entire adult life. So again, so last year wasn't there, wasn't all that different. We, you know, we didn't see Steph's family because we are still in the midst of, you know, unvaccinated COVID. Whereas yeah. this year, this year is a little different. So we will see, you know, we'll see them but we also again i saw my mother-in-law last week so it's not you know like like it's not now now it's a point where it's just like oh not actually special to see i mean i don't i don't want to say it's not special that didn't come it's not different it's 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 not infrequent yes yes i knew what reality was for other people and i knew that like grad school and college like you know had like this break that did allow for some like scheduling flexibility. And I, and I've been able to, you know, drive, even if it's like a two day drive, which has helped save on the travel. But you know, like now transitioning into a nine to five thing, it's become very real to me, like as a, you know, as a like, looking at the calendar and seeing how vacation days fit and how projects work. I'm like, Oh, this is what it's like to like, be on like, a full, you know, like 12 month schedule. And if you work in the service industry, depending on, yeah. on what industry, it's going to be even worse. Yeah. And, and yeah, like, I mean, some industries like live and die by the holidays. So like my, my sister worked in retail for many years and her holidays were really inflexible because, you know, it was really important to like make sales during the holidays. Yeah. I'm curious to yeah. go back to, to Hannah's thing of either traditions that we maybe have gotten rid of, or maybe like the traditions we've held on to. Mm -hmm. I've held Uh, on to Christmas cookies in a big way. Just want to put that out there. That's like the main (laughs) thing that we do. And my story, so we've always had my parents, my, my mother specifically and her mother were like very into Christmas cookies. My mother is the queen of Christmas cookies and also casseroles. It's very strange, but huh. I was, yeah, she's an amazing casseroles. It's, yeah. See last week for my feelings on casseroles. But. Oh, I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm behind. But when I was in my 20s and I first got married, I was like, mom, let's split up the Christmas cookie baking so that we don't have to bake as many Christmas cookies. And she was like, Connie, I don't know that your cookies are up to my standard. i was like burn and then someone at work tried to get her to do like a thing where everybody bakes one kind and you walk around and make trays and she told that person that she would not accept subpar cookies so it was like kind of a big deal for me when she agreed to do cookie baking day with me for christmas and so now we have cookie baking day and that's been going on for a while i I appreciate the commitment yeah she's not into that she just won't do it well and it used to be that we had 
chocolate chip cookies aren't Christmas cookies. Those are just Tuesday cookies. So don't bring yeah, that nonsense around here. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Except <laughs> now my older son, his cookie that he bakes is chocolate chip. So now they're allowed back in because when he was like 10, <laughs> that was the cookie that he could bake. But now he's 14. So I'm thinking he has to start doing thumbprints or something. Like, I don't know. I feel like once you hit teenagerdom, you have to move on to Your something more complicated. have increased, right? Unless you want to be the yeah. subpar cookie guy. Nobody wants that. And again, <laughs> Uh, I, I know I, I know Connie's mom and she loves her grandson, but I I, I also I firmly believe that Connie's mom would call him on it. real. You gotta you, maybe and maybe what the, the shape that that takes is making sure that you make you make acceptable cookies. I don't I don't know. I, I'm not gonna judge. I mean, does anyone have like a specific like cookie recipe that they like make or share like that they do every year or or maybe not even cookies, just dessert like my family does, like peanut butter reindeer cookies with M&Ms for the nose and eyes so and parcels? left of field, our traditional thing, I think what you're talking about is like the thing that you make for other people and like share. Or do other people do this? So actually, my, my neighborhood does this. This might not be normal. My neighborhood does this where people like make baked goods and then like share them between households. Is that not I a thing do, in other places? I give out Christmas cookies to my neighbors. It's the present that I give them. Nobody would bother or dare to give me any kind of baked goods. Oh, no, because the subcar, <laughs> I, I would be intimidated <laughs> to give your family cookies. Yeah. I, I would, <laughs> it's I a funny question. Yeah. You, you know? My family <laughs> yeah. does that, but we do it with Pragi. So it's my grandmother's <laughs> recipe of meat and mushroom and or potato and sauerkraut. And we make homemade shran, which is Polish horseradish stuff mixed with beets. So it's like neon pink. It's great. Yeah. And so we bring that around. So they're not cookies because we figured by like at a certain point, you have a lot of you have a lot of cookies. What you want is some meat and potatoes that can be fried in butter. Yeah. I think that checks out. I definitely would go for potatoes and butter. I don't eat meat, but, you know, I think that's a totally valid trade. I'm really into this horseradish and beets thing. It's really good. It's like, it's mainly like, it looks like it should not exist because it really is like that neon pinky purple. It looks yeah. like it's radioactive. And fun fact, another tradition that we hope never to repeat is my dad has burned his lungs before making it. Oh. Because it turns Listen. out when you make really big quantities of horseradish and you use fresh horseradish root, Oh no. The fumes can be not good to inhale. And this doesn't happen to any other normal person because even if you make horseradish by scratch, you're not making 40 jars of it in one go normally. So, but you know, if that's a compulsion that strikes you, pro tip, guard your lungs. <laughs> what I found most fascinating about that story is that uh, Katya pronounces pierogi in actual Polish instead of the way that like in Pittsburgh you would be drawn and quartered um <laughs> right this might be massive polish population no yeah yeah they, and, and, and they would pronounce it pierogi the, the pittsburghies i think trumps your your native accent if you're from here is that fair no, and, yes, <laughs> yes it does yeah, I, as someone who briefly lived in pittsburgh i can confirm that people gave me weird looks like people know what knew what i was talking about but they looked at like, me funny why are you saying that weird again we have a lot of, of weird pronunciations of stuff here but amy any any baking or cooking stuff i i baked the cookies i found this limoncello ricotta cookie Ooh, Ooh, that, that is not is, a subpar cookie that, sounds good. that is a tasty cookie because the limoncello <laughs> goes in the cookie and the glaze and then also in the baker. would you like to drop that <laughs> recipe in the chat yeah, <laughs> I, 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 um, 
I'm intrigued by the idea of cookies with with, with a a a touch of booze in them. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a that's totally a thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, oh, I know what you think, but yeah. I this is a new one to me. Oh, okay, <laughs> all right. Um, have you ever tried putting Grand Marnier in your chocolate chip cookies? Very good. Yes, I have. Oh, Amy. No, I haven't, but I'm gonna now. Oh, I, I should make. And again, I, I am not as adverse to chocolate chips for Christmas cookies as Connie is because, because like Connie's kid, I also love chocolate chip cookies. Good. But but now but I'm chocolate just chocolate orange is like a Christmas thing. Like well, chocolate orange is like a Christmas is a Christmas thing. And I might have to bake some chocolate chip bacon cookies, which um, are a recipe that I found. Not too long ago. I don't know how I feel about that. Oh, I didn't know either until I had them. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> speak, speaking speaking of having some booze in there, you know, there, there's there's some bourbon in there too. So it's uh, <laughs> you're like blitzing um, them up for the holidays. I think that's yeah. legit. Yeah, but my my baking thing. I, I mentioned this briefly a couple of episodes ago. I'm my holiday baking is uh, zucchini bread, which is my grandmother's recipe, which was lost to the ages until I remembered that I videotaped her making it 30 years ago. Um, and and so I dug out the videotape and then had it transferred. So now, you know, so that I could like learn the recipe from her on videotape. A few, That's the so most I've, adorable thing I've ever heard about you. Oh, I believe I've made like 10 loaves in the last in the last month and a half. <laughs> my grandmother's I've known you for a long time. Just, That's super cute. Yeah. Yeah. So it's literally like, okay, have grandma teach, reteach me how to make this. But it's odd because my, my mom, for instance, you're talking about traditions that, that are sort of not passed on or, you know, could be. My mother loves sweet potato pie. And by loves, she bakes them constantly from, you know, two weeks before Thanksgiving till, you know, New Year's. So there's just going to be like hundreds of them in her house and she's sharing with people. I hate sweet potato pie, so I don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and i don't and and I, I hated it growing up she loves it so like my my one of my brothers will have some and then the other one doesn't care for it so like i i guess recipes like that uh, to me the zucchini bread smell makes it smell like christmas so i think there's some nostalgia in there is that like how it's working for everybody else too i think that helps yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I literally like hand whipped the peanut butter or butter or whatever to make those reindeer cookies last year because I needed something. I just, like, I'm, not, I'm just okay. Also, I'm we just, pan fry ours. We don't steam them, which apparently is controversial. I don't like I, you know, even more controversial. I, I don't care for pierogies. So, <laughs> so I, I, like, we're not friends anymore. Matt. <laughs> How can you not like it? It's just basically a filling you like wrapped in dough and then cooked. I'm not a big fan of of pasta. Doughy Do you just not things. accept dumplings? I not, not most of them. I like I like gyoza. Like literally the Japanese basically Polish gyoza. It's I know to say the thing. I know. Hey, oh. But guys, 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 peace on earth. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. So many culinary cultures have basically a version of dumpling things. I know, and I hate You're all of them. Except pretty much every culture that has dumpling things. I hate, and I hate all of them except for the Japanese one. It's the only one that I've ever, liked, that I've ever liked. Sad. I I wanted to ask about music, Christmas music. We've done a whole episodes about Christmas songs before, but people talk about like, oh, you know, it's Christmas when suddenly Mariah Carey's on twenty four seven. You know, like, but like, mm. does Christmas music make things uh part of the holiday for you guys i like it better when olivia olsen sings that mariah carey song because she's the girl who sang it in that movie i just want that on record i feel like it was much more charming when like the 12 year old sang it just liked it better <laughs> it doesn't have to be the mariah carey one like i i'm, I'm a big fan of the christmas and hollis so <laughs> uh, yeah like controversial opinion 
I'm not super deeply into Christmas music. Like, I don't dislike it. I just, like, I, I definitely know people that, like, as soon as, like, December 1st hits, it's, like, Christmas music on the Spotify, on the radio, all the time, 24-7. They're probably wearing a novelty Christmas sweater. There is a Santa hat. It's all the time. That's cool. That's great. I support you. If that's what you want to do, do it. I feel attacked not, right now. <laughs> I, but I'm saying it's great. I support it. I, your, your holiday joy. I'm here for it. I just, I don't know. I don't. I don't, I'm not aggressively into the Christmas music. Like for specific holiday activities, like when we're going to get the Christmas tree or when we are making the paragi, like we are burning our <laughs> lungs with horseradish. Yes, holiday music. But like other than that, interestingly, though my family actually like has zero Jewish heritage, my mom's favorite holiday song is a Jewish song. Hmm. I can't even, it's one of the, it's like the... The dreidel one? It's, it is the dreidel in. one, and it's specifically, it's done by a weird band that's the only, my mom mostly listens to opera and classical music, but she found this like, what is it? It's not the, ah, I'm going to try and remember it. It is, it is a much more modern band that, hmm. it's because it's, like, it's not just she likes the dreidel song, there's a specific version of it. Hmm. And it makes her very happy. So that's like the only one I listen to a lot. Also, a Veggie Tales Christmas. There is the Polish Foods of Christmas, which I, I there's a theme in case you weren't noticing. That one's important, but I don't I don't know. I'm not. It's not no. what makes the season for me. And see, that's another one. That's another one of the things that I think might be a parent thing, right? Because I mean, uh, well, actually, Connie, uh. your your youngest kid is is small still, so maybe for you, but like. I, I think that when you have small children, which you've both done, isn't there like a part of, oh, it's Christmas, so let's play, let's just put this stupid jingle bell zing on, on loop in the car or whatever, or whatever. I mean, do you expose your kids to Christmas music? They get Christmas music. I have a playlist that I, like a cookie day playlist, a specific cookie day playlist. And sometimes we will put on Christmas playlists for like tree decorating or a specific you know, light display drive through kind of stuff, but we don't just listen to it kind of randomly throughout December. And the music thing, though, there is also sort of a separate category for me of going to church for candlelight service and then listening or singing along with O Come All Ye Faithful and a handful of other like super classic, very religious songs that kind of hold a special place in my heart, even though I'm not a regular churchgoer. Mm hmm. Amy, your daughters are with you. They they love the Christmas music. I'm fine with it, but kind of like again, needing my holidays in in their proper order. I know Christmas music before Thanksgiving. That sounds fair. <laughs> yep, actually, la last night when Sophie was putting her ornaments on the tree, she put her Spotify Christmas playlist on. So she's got her own. She does. And, and that's it. Because I mean, see, that's interesting because she's clearly not a parent. So I mean, but... I'm not a parent either. And I blasted November 26th without fail. <laughs> OK, so so what is that then? I mean, oh, and you don't I mean, Hannah, for you, is it nostalgia? Because no. You, OK, it's just part of being Christmas because Sophie mean, lives mean... at home. Sophie doesn't have to go anywhere. She's with her family on Christmas. Right, Amy? She still lives there, right? Yes, yes, she is. She yeah. is going to be with us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure she. Yeah, she, she was still living at home. So, uh, so, and Hannah, you're. But you t you talked about missing your family, but of course, I mean, of course, I miss my family. But I don't know if you guys have picked up on this or not. After three years of listening to me go on about Christmas for the podcast and also <laughs> this episode, I just really love Christmas. I love all the Christmas things. I mean, not all the Christmas things. There are some Christmas songs that 
make me real mad. But, you know, like, I, I love Christmas music. I don't, like, attend church on the regular. But like Connie, I, I enjoy some of the tunes because, honestly, I think they're pretty great anyway just to listen to. Um, and, you know, like, but I, like, growing up, I didn't listen to, like, Stevie Wonder. And then I grew up and I found what Christmas means to me. And that just every day for like 26 days, never get tired of it. And then, you know, like, like growing up, I had a Christmas movie and Christmas special schedule. And admittedly, it shrank down a lot because I'm an adult and I have more things to do. But you know how many Christmas movies I watch every year. Mav, like in excruciating detail, you know how many Christmas movies yeah. I watch each year? Like, We'll get back to that. Just, you know, hold on. I just want to rewind a little bit. It just, it never occurred to me. So to everybody else, again, this is, again, another thing where it's like, oh yeah, white people are, are different than black people. Did you guys, <laughs> did you guys not all like, is is what Christmas means to me not a traditional Christmas song for no, other it people? Is. I, just grew, I just grew up without pop music. Like I, I know, no, I, well, I, yeah, no, I, I no, get Brittany, it. Like, like no, like no, like the like in sync Britney Spears. I did not listen to that in the nineties with all of my peers. That was okay. not like like hark the herald angels sing like like mariah carey not in my house like my parents had classical music and like opera and like they didn't have anything against it i think they were just like trying to be really good parents and they like heard that classical music makes your kids smarter so that is what we listened to and occasionally i think i might have caught one of these songs on the radio or in the background of a christmas movie but again I, like we- when you grow up black, Stevie Wonder is classical music. <laughs> um, I mean, but specifically on that one, I mean, that was that like not a classic song for everybody else? Has anybody ever heard Stevie Wonder's What I Christmas have. Means to Me? Other than, I mean, <laughs> other than, every day for the past yeah. 10 years, for 26 days out of right. the year. Right, sure, sure. <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> I've, 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 I've heard it. I've listened to it. I just, I, we're not, I don't know. I don't think my family is a super Christmas fan song music family I just, I think that's, I just, just, that's it I'm, i don't know what to tell you again i just consider stevie a standard i'm not saying my family is a bad test case yeah and i also like again my family is a bad test case for some like pop culture things also how have we gotten to this point and not I know this is totally different, but how have we not talked about the worst Christmas tradition ever, Elf on a Shelf, which isn't really a tradition? I did want to get that one before we end, because, I mean, it's a, it is a tradition. <laughs> it's a tradition that goes back, you know, all the way to 15 years ago. So, or I guess it's actually 17 years now. 2005, I think. Yeah. Is the yep, number 2005. Yeah. So, yeah, that one I found weird because, you know, no one actually grew up with Elf on a Shelf because you're well, not. Adults, grown- adults haven't. They're now like some 13 right. year olds who have grown up with Elf on a Shelf. Oh yeah, right. Yes, I mean no. No one is an adult, but uh, and I'm curious if again for Amy and Connie, did you do this um, Godforsaken thing? <laughs> oh my God, no! I was so glad. I I don't remember it all the way back to 2005. By the time I became aware of it, I was like, my girls are old enough. I don't need to get into this crap. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> yeah, Elf on the Shelf is super creepy. Hard pass. <laughs> I saw someone make a great Photoshop of the the Panopticon like yeah. prison, and they put Elf on the shelf in the middle so the Elf can like watch out and look at everyone who's in the prison. <laughs> and because you know, I, I think we've said on this show for years, um, Elf on the shelf is truly the Panopticon. Like, yes, 
always watching you. Yeah, we have brought it up before. So, so to be fair, that's all Santa is too, right? Like Santa is watching you all the time. So behave so that, you know. I, 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 I will say I did see an interesting point on this on the internet today, which was, yes, that is true. And we've also pointed to that creepy aspect out but like santa's not in your house like on the shelf watching you and also like as someone who didn't grow up with it or have any reason to get into this um like don't you move the elf around so it's like always creeping and can pop up anywhere or is that just me like okay no no that's 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 how it works it it is supposed to the game is to go around and find the elf every year so it's like chucky but it's supposed to be cute uh, yeah i mean it really is the panopticon you weren't wrong you, you, you're never supposed to know where the elf is watching from it could be it could be anywhere so like like the interesting like distinction in like whoever said this post i'm sorry i can't credit you better is elf is literally in your private space it's not an outside being like god or santa which makes it worse somehow i think <laughs> i don't know you get your own elf you have to share god and santa well, Which is worse? Yeah, like your own share. elf feels worse. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, and like God is supposed to forgive you for stuff. I don't think the elf on the shelf has any like aura of forgiveness. I don't think there's any like lore about the elf telling you that it's okay. Have you ever looked into the, the elf's cold, dead eyes? That There's no forgiveness there. <laughs> no. Yeah. So we've resolved nothing. (laughs) (laughs) True. We've resolved that that elf in the shelf is creepy. Not anyone. No one here is on the elf on the shelf. Resolved that thing. That's yeah. That's I I guess that's the that's the only place I can end this. I have no. Oh God, the the cold dead eyes of the elf on the shelf. (laughs) Well, we started with creepy Victorian Christmas cards, and we brought it full circle. So great job, everybody. Oh, thank you guys for joining us for this. <laughs> yes. Thank you for putting up with my Christmas overload. Amy, is there anything you want to plug? No, I'm a very boring person. Connie, <laughs> <laughs> is there anything you want to plug? Oh, I'm good. And Katya. You can find my Instagram at just that nerd kid. I'll eventually post some sometime eventually. It'll happen. Probably. <laughs> this is gonna be a whole show without plugs other than mine. This is gonna feel really weird. Okay. Hannah. <laughs> no. I hate you all. I hate you all so very, very much. You can you can listen to us next week where we're going to talk, you guessed it, cheesy Christmas movies. Yeah, year three of, of our annual Vox Popcast Christmas tradition where we're going to once again talk about cheesy Christmas mo- movies. So you've got a chance to make sure you are caught up on, you know, where, where are we in the Netflix Christmas movie franchise cinematic universe? I'm caught up on that. And it, it, we've got lots to talk about there. We've got, what else we got to cover? Three? I think, I think got, I, yeah, we got we got a Castle for Christmas single Castle all Christmas. the way. I don't know if you'll watch it, but I think we should talk about the Ted Lasso Christmas special because it's interesting and that came out in July. And hey, maybe we'll talk about The Green Knight because technically it's a Christmas movie. And Hawkeye. Yeah. Oh, yes, <laughs> we cannot forget Hawkeye. Yeah, I've, so just to make people listen, um, I've never seen Ted Lasso. Still not. So. <laughs> oh, I know I'm weird, but um, anyway, <laughs> yes. I mean, it's I on know. Apple TV. It's it's hard. It like I only have it because I'm bumming off someone else. So I have Apple know. TV. I have all I have all the streaming services now. You so. can just watch the Christmas episode. You don't need to watch the other ones to understand it. I I want to watch Ted Lasso. There's just too much media. I've, I'm very busy. Um, I'm a very busy person. Do you have any idea how much television I watch? I watch so much television. It's, it's so exhausting. Mav, you, since you're so busy, what 
what would you like to share and plug with us to tell us what you've been doing? You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, all the places, always at Chris Maverick. You can follow the show, all those same places at Fox Popcast. You can follow the show's blog at www.foxpopcast.com where you can find out what we're talking about next week. Spoilers, it's Christmas movies. But you can comment on this show or any other show. Give us your thoughts. Give us your ideas for what we should be doing shows on. You know, we're in December, so we've got our string of really interesting things coming up. We've got our Christmas show. We've got the box office draft. We've got our year in review show, Things You Missed. A lot of exciting stuff coming up. So subscribe to us there. And if you enjoy the show, and we certainly hope you do, then please subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or wherever the hell else you get podcasts from. And do us a favor, leave us a five-star review. If you leave us a five-star review, especially on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, that gooses the algorithm, makes us more popular, helps other people find the show. And that's all I want for Christmas. You know, every time you leave a five-star review, an angel gets its wings. That is a thing that happens. It's a Christmas tradition. Everybody knows that. I would like to thank Maximilian of Thought for Music for our epic theme song, building ever so more epically and playing us out. I'd once again like to thank our guests for joining us. I'd like to thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.